It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm excited to be talking with my guest today. Joining me is Gerhard Schwanter, founder and CEO of Selling Power Magazine and CEO of the Sales 3.0 conferences, which many of you may have attended already. If not, you should definitely put that on your calendar. Gerhard, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Andy. It's an honor to be with you. I've watched a lot of your interviews and listened to them. And uh, I think you, uh, you have a mindset that's driven by curiosity. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that mindset. But first, before I jump into mindset, which is going to be the topic today, is tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, how'd you get your start in sales and how'd you end up uh, publishing Selling Power magazine? Well, I grew up in Austria and I always was impressed by salespeople. Uh, I remember the first uh, successful salesperson I've ever met. I was in a coffee house in Salzburg. And uh, he was sitting there having a glass of champagne <laughs> in the morning. And uh, my friend and I, we got to talk with him. And I said, I was curious, what are you doing? What are you celebrating? And he says, well, I had a great week. I sold like, uh, you know, in today's dollars and maybe like $50,000 worth of yeah. stuff. I said, what, what are you selling? He says, washing machines. I said, well, how, how can you make that much money with washing machines? He says, I let the customer do the walking. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I invite people to a hotel, I display the, the product, mm -hmm. and I talk to about 40 or 50 people at a time, and I usually sell 30% of the people. So he was a showman, mm -hmm. and he did magnificent presentations. And uh, we, he went through a little spiel with us and showed us the presentation. He wanted to recruit us to, to help himself. So I was really impressed by that. And I filed this away. I was in an amateur theater group. So I became an actor part-time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I learned how to direct. And I really enjoyed the, the whole process of directing people and helping people step into a role. And later, when I got the responsibility for sales training for a multinational French company headquartered mm -hmm. in Paris, I helped salespeople literally impersonate a professional. Right. <laughs> so what was the product you were selling at that time in uh, Paris? Construction equipment. And it was from, you know, $50,000 to a million dollars. Right. And uh, I, we trained 1,600 salespeople uh, across the world in 41 different countries. And uh, we created sales training material in four languages. And I traveled all over the world and ended up in the United States. And yeah. um, after two years working with them in the United States, I started my own company, Gerhard Schwant and Associates. And I did sales training for other companies. Got it. And then my wife had twins, and uh, she says, well, you're traveling all the time. Is there a way where you can make money without traveling and teaching people? And I said, sure. I designed a course, and I sold it through direct mail. And it worked okay, but it didn't get me off the road. So I thought maybe I revised the formula. So I came up with the idea of creating 
a newsletter that I called Selling Power. Mm-hmm. And I sent it out to sell my course and people uh, liked it. Then I changed it, the format to a newspaper because it was cheaper to print on. And I called it Personal Selling Power at the time. Sure, I remember that. Right. And it was designed to sell my course. But then people wanted more copies. And, uh, you know, over, over time, I realized I can't charge subscription money. And then I committed to six times a year. Uh, and that was in 1980, where I said in 81, we come up with six issues, sent me $12 for a subscription and uh, by the end of that year, I had 7,500 subscribers, and then it became the biggest uh, sales management publication in the country. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I, I still love training people because um, I've interviewed so many super successful people, like billionaires, like, right. uh, you know, Mark Benioff or, or Michael Dell or Mark Cuban, Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Kate, a lot of uh, really fascinating people. And I always was curious about their mindset. You know, what's going on through their mind? How do they think about the world? How do they think about sales? How do they think about success? And what I discovered over the years in discussing it with psychologists and doing research, that it's really the mindset that shapes the salesperson's skill set. Um, and sales success to me is a combination of the right mindset the right skill set, and the right tool set. But the mindset comes first. That's the baseline. That's the baseline. And a lot of people have sort of uh, their mindset on automatic. You know, uh, <laughs> I would say that's most problem. They're not mindful. They're mindless. Right. Um, because mindful people, they're focusing on the present moment. Um, they're aware of themselves. They're aware of the other person. And uh, the average salesperson really is either preoccupied about the past, so that's something that uh, was troubling five minutes ago or, or five days ago, is still in their present moment uh, mm. aware. And a lot of people are worried about the future, what may happen tomorrow or five years from now. And uh, that kind of mindset is not uh, very conducive to understanding the customer because they don't understand themselves. So how can they understand the customer? In our world, it's all about next, 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 next versus now. What is important now? How can we focus on the present moment and make the best of the present moment? So if this is the foundation, so why, why is this not something that's sort of routinely taught? I mean, if we go look at the sales training curriculum of you know, sales trainers across the country, if not the world, the focus is all on skills or process, yeah. but, but, yeah. but rare, and, rarely on mindset. And uh, look at the stats. How, how much uh, traction does skills training get? How many, uh, not much at all. Right. In, uh, within like uh, three to six weeks, uh, 80% or 90% of the skills that they have learned are not being applied. It's almost like New Year's resolutions. You know, you make them on December 31st and by February 15th, uh, the the gyms are empty again. Right. Well, so when you're, if you're training people on mindset and, you know, I get into some of the the research that you've talked about and some of the things you've written, but, you know, isn't the same thing sort of true if you're teaching mindset or teaching the behaviors that follow mindset, 
it still has to be put into practice, right? It still has to be, you know, some sort of repetition involved with adopting a mindset, I would assume. Right, right. I so, think the, the, the biggest uh, level is when people understand that there is an inner CEO. There is that prefrontal cortex right up here above your eyes, uh, which is the, the location of the executive function of the brain. Yeah, you, you just called it the CEO of the brain. We call it the inner CEO. Right. And the inner CEO has the power of awareness. You can look at situations from different perspectives. Right. And you can assess a situation in a way that it becomes self-enhancing instead of self-destructive. Um, a lot of people, when they are under pressure, they see a threat versus seeing an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, the inner CEO has two functions. One is to understand the foundation of your mindset and make better decisions in the future and create a platform for growth. And the second function of the inner CEO is to grow uh, in areas where they haven't grown before. Uh, one area will be no limit thinking. And uh, for example, when, I don't know, do you play golf? Badly. Badly, okay. So one of the people in, in our course, um, she asked about, uh, you know, how does it apply to golf? And uh, well, no limit thinking is about not telling yourself that you suck at golf. Uh, no limit thinking means that if you're on a par three, that you can actually reach the green mm -hmm. uh, on a par three or that you could shoot a hole in one. Right. So if you tell yourself, I can shoot a hole in one, then all of a sudden your belief system changes, your behavior changes, your action changes. And uh, that woman actually applied this on the golf course and shot a hole in one <laughs> two days after uh, you know, doing that course. Right. And it's the same with salespeople where they say, well, this year I have a goal of a million dollars, so why not think in unlimited terms and, and ask yourself, what would happen if I had a goal 300% more? What if I did $3 million? Then all of a sudden the thinking changes, you know, do I need to call on the same accounts? Do I need to call on different accounts? Uh, probably you want to go high up the food chain, call on C-level and then look backwards and say, what do I need to do? Who do I need to call? What conversations do I need to have? What levels right. do I need to push? So then people set goals that are far beyond where they are at the present moment. Well, I think but, I was going to insert there for a second. I think for people listening, I think one of the things that to me, a really important aspect of what you're talking about is that you, you talk about how research has shown that, that some of these belief systems are being formed, you know, starting from the moment we're born. And that, you know, this gets back to saying this is really, you know, environment is really important. I mean, this is, this is a case of nurture versus nature. Right, right. I mean, nature is, nature is not your destiny. Um, right. I, I, give you, I give you another example. I, I interviewed Cal Ripken, and right. uh, he has uh, an amazing record of uh, 2,632 consecutive games. Right, Major League uh, Baseball, right. He, uh, he uh, you know, went way past Lou Gehrig's record by over 500 games. Mm -hmm. um, and I had that conversation with him about his belief system. And he says, well, I believe in a strong work ethic. I believe in showing up. And, and it's not just about, um, you know, honoring your teammates and, uh, and, and being there for them, but also 
uh, it's a commitment to be the best it can be. Mm-hmm. So then I said, let's peel back the layer of the onion. And he says, uh, I said, where do those beliefs come from? You, you don't wake up one day and say, I want to be a consistent performer. No, it comes actually from influences in childhood where uh, children watch their parents, they watch their mom, they watch their dad, their caretakers, their siblings, family members, and then they become aware of how the world works. And, uh, and Cal Ripken Sr., his dad, was right. a, bat- a baseball coach. Yes. He drilled into him that work ethic, and so, and so he understood the relationship between a good work ethic and action steps and success. Um, so when we work with people, we, we talk about what is it that you want to do, uh, what do you want to be, and uh, what are your goals, what are your dreams, and we actually encourage salespeople to uh, cut out pictures, put them on their walls, like um, in, in many offices, there's a scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And I said, right. well, you have a dream board right next to it. So you, you show your vacation home, you show the, the Bugatti that you want to drive or whatever it is, uh, or your sailboat, or you, uh, you know, your family going to college, uh, your kids going to college. Um, create those images. So uh, you want to visualize your dreams, then a the conversation changes in the office from scoring to achieving dreams. And then uh, they call themselves the dream team. team. They help the, each other win. And, and this is the, the magic that it's not just the goal setting, but we also have deeper conversation about the why. Why do you want to achieve what you are saying you want to achieve? And the bigger the why, the bigger the try, the easier right. the how. And then we have action steps, but we don't stop there. We go a level deeper because we know that dreams are fleeting and every day people get exposed to about 60,000 thoughts. Okay. And, and, uh, and 80% of them are negative. So you have this little goal marching against this avalanche of thoughts that enter their minds that make them forget about the goal. So what we do is, to, in, order, in order to grow, you need a partner. Uh, you need somebody who believes in you. So we help them assign a, an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So they talk to each other on a weekly basis and say, this is what I've achieved. Those are the difficulties I have encountered. Um, give me the benefit of your thinking. How would you approach a situation that I'm in right now? Uh, so two heads are better than one. And uh, if you process your experiences through somebody else's brain, they'll look from the outside in. They'll see things differently that can help you gain perspective. Right. And then you can find new ways uh, in uh, dealing with the challenges to your, that you're facing. But there's another thing. There is a cadence to success, and you want to be in that flow where you have sort of a, a, a voice in the back of your mind where I say, well, next week when I talk to Andy, I want to tell him about that success story. I, you know, I want to make a commitment now to reach that, that weekly goal so that I can feel proud when I talk to Andy and report about my success. Right. So a question for you. So yeah. let's talk about you know, people that need to develop a new belief system, if you will. Right. You need to modify the one they have. Because I think people sort of tend to think that, hey, I'm going to just flip the switch and I have this epiphany and suddenly it's different. I mean, it's, it's not that simple. Right. 
So what are, what are sort of the steps, right? The basics. If somebody says, right. comes right. to one of your courses and says, look, I, right. I want to become like uh, Dan Waldschmidt, you know, who we all know, both know he's incredibly right. motivated, inspirational figure. Um, yeah. How do I, incredibly positive, how do I develop that type of mindset? You know, right. sorry, yeah. where yeah. I am today. There are three things. One is the understanding, the foundation of your mindset. And there are three levels. Uh, one is the implanted mindset, uh, which is what you get from your parents and caretakers. So uh, as a kid, we watch our parents. Uh, we look up to them. They look really big. They know everything. They don't have any pain. They don't have emotions like we do. And uh, they know exactly what, what what's what. Mm-hmm. And they give us the do's and don'ts. So that's the implanted mindset. And we become little puppets of our parents for a while. And then we go to school and then we have the imprinted mindset. We get exposed to teachers, to coaches, uh, to uh, role models, to, uh, to mentors in, in, in a job. Mm-hmm. And um, those imprinted mindset is people that impress us, that leave an impression on us. And we... Uh, play with their behaviors or we, we simulate, we uh, right. integrate some of their ideas into our belief system. So we already begin to change our parents' belief systems uh, uh, through the exposure to people that impress us. Right. And there's a third level, which is the inspired mindset. Inspired is the, the little inner voice that tells us we are special. We have a talent um, where we, we want to make a commitment to developing that talent, like you have the talent of curiosity. So you are using that talent by interviewing interesting people and sharing that information with a lot of other people. So that's sort of, the, in a nutshell, the mindset system that the inner CEO needs to examine. So let's say you want to change a belief about your work. And let's say you, you like to goof off, you like to party a lot. And uh, so you want to find out what is my belief system? How was it formed? I, am I more influenced by my mom or my dad? And in your case, it was your mom that read a lot of books. And exactly. You saw her smile when she had a book and, uh, and she was happy. So you said, I want to try that. So that's a good thing. And when you think about the implanted mindset, think of it like a garden that has uh, flowers, that has fruit trees, that has a lot of good stuff. But also, it has a lot of weeds. Right. So you want to make a decision to stop watering the, uh, the, the weeds and, and continue to water the flowers. Uh. Um, so you don't perpetuate the negative habits or the things that hold you back. And you want to take a, a sheet and say, this is my belief system about work. Actually, write it down. Write it down and say, well, uh, is my belief system helping me reach my goals? And if it isn't, then you ask yourself uh, more questions. Is my, my desire to party uh, helping me uh, act on the belief that work, uh, hard work is a good thing for right. reaching success? Is that behavior of partying helping me reach my goals? And how is that serving me? So if you have that analysis, the belief assessment, that you become much clearer about the beliefs and the conflicts that you have with your beliefs in reality, then you become more congruent and you become more consistent in the pursuit of success. But, um, one, but one, of the issues that people, one of the issues people have, though, is, is even if they're sort of embedded in sort of bad behaviors, is a certain comfort level 
in knowing those behaviors, right, that they have with right. them. That's what makes it so difficult to change. So how do you, how do you help people sort of overcome that fear of change in, in going through this process? Right. And, and that's where the, the conversation with other people comes into play. Um, I'll give you an example. There's uh, a Bob Carr, the founder of Heartland Payment Systems. He started mm-hmm. the company by raising a million dollars. And in 10 years, he built a, a, a billion dollar company, went on the New York Stock Exchange, and he sold the company uh, in 2016 for $4.3 billion. And he became a very wealthy man. Right. He's, uh, I interviewed him a couple of times and uh, also read his book um, and where he talks about his mom and his dad. And uh, his mom was a well-adjusted, very loving, supportive woman. His dad uh, was not uh, a model citizen <laughs> and uh, he uh, left the family when he was like 13. And uh, Bob Carr said, I had a, a, a challenge because... Uh, growing up without a dad, or with a with a dad that was self-destructive and, and abusive at times, mm-hmm. uh, is a curse. So you you have a choice to to say, well, I want to buck the trend and do something constructive with my life, or give up and get depressed and and uh, and self-medicate for the rest of your life, which a lot of people do. Sure. Um, so. He had that idea, that curiosity that, that you have. Um, I want to learn from U.S. presidents. So he started the, the best U.S. presidents and adopted them like surrogate fathers and say, how would Woodrow Wilson handle this problem? Well, what would Jefferson say about this? And, uh, or James Madison. Right. He studied people that inspired him. Right. And that, uh, that was sort of a shift from the implanted mindset to the imprinted mindset. So if you have a challenge and if you're listening to this and uh, you don't want to step out of your implanted mindset system, expose yourself to people that you admire that have the, 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 the job that you want to have in the future or do the work that you want to do in the future. Right. So you start out with the future vision and then work backwards and say, what are the six or seven people I want to learn from? I want to study, study, uh, read their biographies, watch their videos, uh, listen to their speeches, listen to their audio podcasts, and then begin the process slowly of transformation. You can't do it overnight and you need a lot of support. And so if somebody's an individual yeah, let's say they don't have this, the structure to have an accountability partner, which I think is, is a really important thing on a, a coach or an accountability partner. You know, where are they going to find that? I mean, there are coaches I know that are out there. I mean, is there any sort of specific recommendation? I, I, I want to give you an example. Sure. I did um, a peak performance mindset workshop uh, two weeks ago in Los Angeles, and I had 175 sales managers in the room. Mm-hmm. And I asked people, what are your goals and dreams? And it was a young guy, a young manager who uh, – I ask him, what, what are your goals? Uh, and he says, I want to make a million dollars. Um, and I said, well, that's, that's kind of vague. Uh, give me more. You know, wh- why do you want a million dollars? He says, well, I want to get married. I want to create a family. I want to build a house. So there was some structure to the dream. Uh, what is the time frame? You know, uh, what, what do you make right now versus when you've got to make a million dollars? So um, he said, well, three years. And I said, well, 
do you have an idea who can help you with that goal so you can reach it? Accountability partner. He says, I don't know. And I said, well, what would you guess how many people in this room of 175 people of your peers do you think would be willing to help you get there and be an accountability partner? He says, maybe three or five. And I said, well, now let's test that reality. I asked the audience, how many in this room would be willing to invest time to help this young manager grow to that level? There were about 28 hands, we counted them. And I said, you see how many secret centers you have out there? And you thought there were less than a handful. So we are underestimating constantly, and we have a sort of irrational belief that we are all alone this, in this world, and we are not. Right. There's so many people that are willing to help. So all you have to do is ask. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be people you necessarily even work with, as you found out in that workshop. Right. See, the thing is, we make our mindsets make the world more complicated and more difficult because we have a belief system that we're all alone and life is really hard, life is really difficult, and uh, the opposite is true. Life is much easier when you have a good support system, and that's easily built because people want to help each other. Well, here's a question for you. So, I mean, you see the same trends I do in, in sales. We certainly in certain segments of the sales business, we've seen over the last few years sort of the increased emphasis on process and sales technology that almost seems like it's, it's being put forth as a substitute for mindset. Well, just, 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 follow, just follow the process, and, you know, right. do the numbers, right. and it's all going to happen. Well, I think that technology is mindless, and it accelerates everything, and it's, uh, technology is a wonderful thing. However, we need to keep in mind that sales is a people business and not a technology business. If it were a people business, we uh, would have every company sell like Amazon, where there's no salesperson. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't exist. Um, and uh, a lot of people get educated by their IT departments, uh, you know, follow the process, make uh, so many dials, talk to, uh, let's say, 18 people, prospects a day, and uh, you, you make eighty dollars or $100,000 a year. And that's sort of the, the, the proposition. Right. The, the, and, and people think that maybe social media is the way to prospect. Well, um, uh, the, the, real, the reality is people want to talk to people. So you can make a lot of cold calls. I just did an uh, interview with, uh, with uh, four luminaries, with uh, Anthony Iannarino, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Jeff Blount, uh, right. Mark Hunter, and Mike Weinberg. And they said all the same. They all have best-selling books out there. Right. But they're the same thing that technology is creating the illusion that we don't need to work anymore, that we don't need to pick up the phone. And we had this conversation on the Sunday, and I said to Jeb, why don't you take out your phone and dial a number, anybody, and sell them something. Let's see how, what, what you can do with a non-planned, out-of-the-blue call. And he picked one, one person, he, made, he dialed, and he sold them five books. <laughs> on, <the spot. laughs> on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I, I think that there is uh, a term called machine learning. We're moving towards sales 3.0. Sure. Because there's a lot of analytics. There, there's a lot of artificial intelligence out there. Um, the, uh, you know, data science can do less. Uh, we, we need to bake in humanity into the conversation uh, with the customer and not automate everything. Right. And you cannot automate the heart. Well, I mean, they, first of all, as you point out early on, so, you know, people are very complex. And even in relatively simple products you're selling, there's right. a complex individual talking to another complex individual. There's, there's a lot of things in there that right. machine learning won't necessarily pick up. Or and, AI. Uh, I, w- I would say that if you uh, took a million dollars and uh, you have a good technology platform right now, and put the million dollars in more technology versus put the million dollars in creating peak performance mindsets, I would bet that uh, the million dollars invested in a peak performance mindset is going to give you like a 50x ROI versus more technology because um, we are entering an age that is, is becoming more unstable, more insecure, there's so many blatant security breaches with mm-hmm. technology. So making machines better is, uh, in my opinion, an investment in fantasy versus making people better is making an investment in reality. So last question for you then is, you know, you've been in sales training for a long time and, you know, you've dealt with as I have, you know, thousands, thousands of, of people, individuals, you know, is there any way that, that, you know, some of these lessons you're teaching about mindset and so on, is there any way they can sort of be carried over from generation to generation? Cause it seems like, you know, part of the issue, you know, you pick up any sales book and it's, you know, basically talking about things that were talked about decades ago. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, how do we, how do we get some continuity? So right. That we, that we fundamentally change the culture. You know, um, we need more modalities. Like uh, 20 years ago, you still had positive thinking versus negative thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had being creative versus not, not being creative. Um, what psychology is teaching us now is in neuroscience, there's so much research out there that is, blows your mind what is possible. And uh, what we have created with the Peak Performance Mindset is 12 modalities that we all put together into one course that you cannot escape the learning. You cannot escape the aha moments where you learn more than just thinking positive thoughts. That's simple. But uh, how to deal with your belief system, how to change that, how Mm -hmm. to become a no-limit thinker, how to regulate yourself emotionally or self-activate, how to find better meaning. Those are more difficult conversations, but very productive conversations. And people engage 100% and everybody says, this is life-changing. Excellent. All right, well, Garrett, thank you for being on the show today. So tell people how they can find out more about one of your peak performance workshops or connect with you. Well, follow me on Twitter, Gerhard20. Uh, send me an email, g at sellingpower.com. Uh, go on the... Mindset Science website, www.mindsetscience.com. Okay. And 
find everything. You can watch like 50 videos and uh, educate yourself. Excellent. Good. Well, Garrett, again, thank you for being on the show today. And friends, thank you for spending this time with us. Remember, make it part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is take a moment and join these conversations I have every day with top business experts like my guest today, Gerhard Geschwander, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.